Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program where we welcome together Christians and patriots from across the country and across the body of Christ to pray for America. Great to have you with us. I'm going to introduce a special guest in just a moment, but let's begin with our scripture. And uh, I want to read from Luke 8, starting with verse 16. No one who lights a lamp conceals it with a vessel or sets it under a bed. Rather, he places it on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not become visible and nothing secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. To anyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he seems to have, we thank you for making us the light of the world as his body, the church. We thank you for the work that you give each of us to spread and to defend that light. Lord God, bring everyone out of darkness and into the light of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, let me introduce you, friends, to Amber Rose. She lives outside of Chicago and is very active on social media. That is where we have encountered one another. And uh, Amber, welcome to the program. Hi, Father. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on. This is great. You know, uh, I, I don't know how many of our viewers here uh, know of your work on social media. I presume that, that many of them do. But I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit because I notice your posts all the time. And uh, tell me about yourself and about the work that you are doing to, to spread the word of God, just like we, we were just reading in Luke. Of course. Yeah. I love that passage in Luke. It especially, um, I also love the Beatitudes. Those two passages always keep me going, being light of the earth. And then of course, you know, understanding that because they hated Christ first, they will also hate us. And that's why we have to just continue what we're doing. Um, so I am a lapsed Catholic, I guess is the proper term you would say. I was born and raised Catholic, um, but we fell away from the church when the sex scandals became very prominent. Um, and because of that, it, it affected many, many families, and mine was one of them. And so when I came back into the faith, when I was about 18 years old, I didn't see anybody really my age discussing the faith. I didn't, not that I don't like seeing, you know, apologetics, but they're usually all older men. And I didn't mind that. It was really good to see, but there was no real spark from my generation trying to help people come back into the faith. And so I thought, well, if nobody else is doing it, or maybe there were, but I just didn't see them, I could start that because I was in a spot where I felt like nobody understood where I was coming from being a lapsed Catholic. Um, I had so many scrupulous, you know, uh, obstacles to overcome. And so through that, I started my social media pages and found a lot of like-minded Catholics and it turned into what it is today, which is the religious hippie. So yes, it's an interesting name. How did you, how did you come up with that name? The religious hippie? It's a common question. So it started as a nickname when I was really young. So I was considered a hippie when I was in my teens because I always dressed like one. I was really free spirited. I never brushed my hair. Um, 
And so it kind of turned into a nickname where when I came back into my faith, my friends were then like, oh, you're like the religious hippie now. And I'm like, we're going <laughs> to stick with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> that is that is really great. So so now uh, let's tell people right away how they can connect with you. Which which social media accounts do you use and how do you um, hyphenate that the religious hippie so people can find you right away? Yeah, of course. So my main website is thereligioushippie.com and hippie is H-I-P-P-I-E dot com. So that's where you can find all of my content and everything. Otherwise, I have a podcast where you can listen to all, you know, all podcasts, but that one's called The Catholic's Perspective with the Religious Hippie. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I'm pretty much all over the place, except for TikTok. Yeah. They permanently banned me, so I'm not there. <laughs> they permanently banned, permanently? Permanently. I had a warning and then I repealed it and they were like, oh, sorry. Like we didn't realize that, you know, we misinterpreted your channel so you can have it okay. back. Okay. And then two days later, they permanently banned me. So I was oh, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. We have a very interdenominational audience here. And of course, uh, you know, we are all followers of the Lord Jesus. And uh, what, what would your, you know, I mean, people in all denominations, of course, experience the kind of thing that you briefly described. We can get disillusioned with, with the sinfulness that we see, you know, among other disciples. Uh, and rightly, rightly so, rightly uh, 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 angered and, and distressed by it. And people, of course, experience this across the, the body of Christ. Uh, what is your advice for people who, you know, are discouraged by just the, the sins in the world? And you say, oh, these people should be doing better, you know, especially if they're religious leaders. How do you encourage them to just keep their eyes fixed on, on the Lord Jesus? Two things I love talking about. One of them I mentioned earlier was the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, um, when I first came back into my faith and I was complaining about all those things, uh, my priest told me, he was like, just read the Beatitudes and just understand that this is a part of living on earth. Is there going to be people who are against you? There's going to be people who hate you because they hated Christ first. And we should not be ashamed of that. Um, however, when it comes to spiritual leaders who might you might feel like are letting you down in some sense. I know I've been there quite a few times. Church politics is one of those things that I keep up to date with, but I'm going to be honest, it drags me down spiritually sometimes when I hear about what's going on. So one of my main things that I always like to focus on is actually myself and not in the sense of being selfish, but what am I doing spiritually? Am I praying for the leaders? Am I fasting and abstaining from meat for them? Am I making sacrifices for them so that hopefully they can have a change of heart? What am I doing? Am I complaining or am I actually trying to help the situation? I think there's a lot of a lot of things that can be taken the wrong way because we we do have a we do have a duty as lay people to know our faith and to question things when it goes against our faith, especially if we know it really well. When it comes to leaders, we have that obligation obligation not to be blind sheep and to just follow whatever. However, at the same time, we also need to realize that we need to have respect for their authoritative position and we also need to pray for them. Right. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, the Lord uh, asks us to pray for all those in authority. That includes church authority and, of course, all those in the uh, 
in the state as well, those in government. Uh, and when it comes to those in government, of course, the first responsibility of government is pro-life. And, uh, you know, I have seen, uh, you know, among your postings, of course, your commitment to this as well. Talk to us about that as, a, as an issue. Uh, do you find uh, that the people you're in contact with are open to the pro-life message? And what do you think are some of the most important things we have to convey about that? Yeah, I do believe that we are making a huge turn in society for pro-life. The more we get it out, the more ultrasounds are being sent out, the more videos that are being made about it, the more that I see my generation coming around and understanding that that life is precious and that it is a human life. It's not a parasite like people think it is. Um, when it comes to, I guess, when I'm involved in it a lot, I can get discouraged a lot because I... I'm interacting with people who know it's a baby, but they yeah. just don't care. Yes. And unfortunately, that is the type where it's like, I can do nothing except just pray and fast for that person and hope that they have a conversion. You can give them all the information in the world that it's a baby, but they already know that. Deep down, everybody knows that that's a human child. Some people are just lied to enough where their judgment is clouded. A lot of women are lied to. Many women are victims of abortion, but then there's other women who know what they're doing. And we see it all over Twitter. We see these videos of women literally knowing that it's a child, but, but wanting to kill it. And I do believe there is a huge generational demon that surrounds um, a lot of people these days when it comes to the subject of abortion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is uh, a, a, a uh, there is a demonic dimension to this. The devil hates uh, human life. He hates God. He can't kill God. So he does the next best thing, which is to kill what is made in the Im image of God. And uh, that, of course, is what abortion is doing every day. Uh, nothing takes more human life, as you know. And, uh, you know, for those, as you say, there are those that, that, that just don't care about this life. Then, of course, there are those who are pro-life and are just aren't putting much priority on it. Uh, there aren't paying much attention to it. What do you say to them to get them more involved in defending the most defenseless? I think one of the best theories that I've used is people constantly tell me, where are all the good people? Where are all the good doctors? Where are all the priests? And I'm like, they're being aborted. You have mm -hmm. no idea what life that child could have. He could be a future priest. He could cure cancer. He could be, you know, he could solve world hunger. You never know. But God right. has a purpose for each and every life. And honestly, there are so many miracle babies. When Roe versus Wade first came out and women were told it was their choice and things, there were some women that walked out of the abortion clinic and chose life. And those are miracle babies because so, so, so many babies did not make it out of there. And so one of my main things is, is it's like, aren't you so happy to be alive? Aren't you so happy to have all of these you know, uh, uh, I guess opportunities to live and experience life. And sure, you might've had a breakup. There might've been times where you would, you know, you went through really difficult times, but that does not deny you the right to life. So why should it deny another? Um, and one of my other ways that I always like to say it is, you know, imagine if your little brother, you know, was aborted or, or something, you know, somebody you love dearly was, you know, doesn't that give you the drive to fight for somebody's little brother or sister who might be um, a victim of abortion? Right, right. 
It's so important that we keep on raising this. I find that the more people wrestle with this issue, the more they uh, are, are coming to the truth. You know, the people yes. who stay stuck, you know, in the pro-abortion position are they, 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 they're not they're not honestly wrestling with the issue in the first place, or they try to ignore it. Uh, and that's why what you do, uh, what we all try to do on social media is so important. Um, and what do you find among the people that follow you and interact with you on these platforms <clears throat> in terms of their awareness of the importance of bringing their faith into the voting booth? We have another big election coming up, of course, the midterm elections. And um, I think more and more Christians are getting involved. Uh, getting registered to vote, see, you know, understanding that the the things they care about are are influenced and at stake in elections. Uh, how do you address that whole topic? I do believe that as Christians, we have a duty and an obligation to shape society. Um, God gave us, you know, dominion over the world, and so society in a whole it's kind of progressed into what it is today, which is godless. Um, and so as Christians, we ne- we really need to bring God back into society. And how we do that is by voting in God-fearing pro-life candidates into the Senate and into the White House. Um, and so I know for a fact, like I, I vote I vote Catholic before I vote anything else. Mm-hmm. One of my, the top things is like making sure that the candidate is pro-life and then everything else comes after that. Um, but I mean, it is so hard to find good pro-life candidates who have good morals these days because I mean, just like what we saw with the Roe versus Wade, you know, them wanting to overturn it. And now the um, they're getting threats and, and it's just insane. It's so hard to have morals these days without almost, you know, getting death threats and trying to get killed and things like this, especially high up in offices um, such as the White House. I mean, we saw how they treated Trump and yet um, everything they said Trump would do, well, Hillary Clinton did or Nancy Pelosi did or Biden did. And we need to pray for them that they have a conversion of heart. And I'm so glad that um, uh, Father Cordelione um, was Bishop Cardinal? Oh, yes. Uh, San Francisco Archbishop. Yes. Yeah. He he banned Nancy Pelosi from from communion. I'm finally and there's a lot of bishops that are backing him. And I'm like, finally, because people right. are like, stop politicizing the Eucharist. I'm like, no, you are Eucharizing the politics, if that makes yes. sense. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, yes. And, and you know, it, 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 it's really these politicians that are. Uh, that are they're abusing the Eucharist when they, you know, when they when they receive it. I mean, they should have the honesty to say, okay, I don't agree with my church on this on this point. And so therefore I'm not in full full communion with, with this. Uh, it's amazing the lack. I mean, I don't care if if uh, you know the people I, I vote for share my faith. I want I what I care is if they're if they're honest, if they're if they have some integrity, if they're if they're gonna profess a faith that they that they that they adhere to it. You know, or at least admit when they're, you know, we're at odds with it. Uh, But these people don't even want to admit that. They want to just pretend that, oh, everything's okay. I'm a devout Catholic. It's really interesting because they'll they'll tell us we're politicizing the Eucharist, but they're actually the ones that are politicizing it. You know, it's very interesting in that sense. Yeah, because they want to have the political benefit of of being known as a practicing Catholic and. it's the identity politics. They're always going after the identity politics instead of the substance of the issues and what they were elected to do. So for those that are just joining us, we're talking with Amber Rose. She is a uh, 
the religious hippie on social media, and that's again your website, right? Thereligioushippie.com. Correct. Yes. Okay. So we can find all the different things that you're doing on there and the ways yes. to connect with you. I'm sure many of our viewers will be interested to see uh, your posts. And you use you use interesting uh, effects in your in your in your posts, right? The kind of a little bit dramatic sometimes. And mm -hmm. tell us about your your creative. And, and tell us about the, the, the way that you come up with some of the things that you share online. Naturally, I think I'm a very expressive person. I'm very, I like facial expressions. I like being funny, but also because my videos are more targeted towards young adults and teenagers to help them bring them back into the church. I try to make it more lighthearted and not yes. as political or, or something, because I love, I love shows like yours. I love shows like Catholic Answers and all of those. Um, but I realized when I, I ask like the young, the young people that I teach, sometimes I teach catechism class. Sometimes I ask them like, have you ever heard of this person or that person? They're like, no, that's boring. That's church politics. Like we won't, we don't want to learn about that. <laughs> and I'm just like, Okay, I'm like, well, what are you interested in? They're like, we want somebody young. We want somebody who's going to like tell us the truth, but it's not going to be like fire and brimstone. Something yeah. that like, because so many peers of mine and younger struggle with scrupulosity. It's insane. And so the fire and brimstone thing um, that a lot of channels put out as much as like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I think there also needs to be a gentler approach, a more age appropriate approach in a certain sense. And so when it comes to my Instagram, when it comes to my YouTube, especially, I try to make it engaging for all ages, um, but especially for the younger kids. Well, I think that that that's uh, something that people will be very interested to explore because, uh, again, it's the religioushippie.com and then the links there to all your other platforms. Yep. Because a lot of people ask about this. People who are concerned about communicating the faith, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, people who are interested in reaching young people for the, for the future of America, for politics, for whatever the, the, the area is they're working in, this is a frequent question. How do we speak to them? How do we reach them? How can we get their attention? And, and so you're giving us some important insights there into the uh, people that... Uh, that you communicate with so well and that uh, end up hearing the message. Uh, you have an interesting, uh, I noticed on your Instagram, an interesting little uh, subtitle up there about the haters. What do you haters say? Haters will be that? prayed for. Haters will be prayed for. Yeah, I started that on TikTok because obviously TikTok is just a breeding ground for hate, just in every which way direction. In fact, I did a video recently about TikToks and its effects and how TikTokers are starting to light forest fires now in order to get likes and views. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. But I would get so much hate on TikTok that eventually I was just like, you know what? Haters will be prayed for. Like, peace. Like, come on, guys. Let's just get along. Like, everybody just get along. Um, I get teased a lot for it because they're just like, that's such a hippie thing. And I'm like, well, it kind of it kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like it because it's also a reminder to me that it's like, they're not really my enemies. They are just people who are led astray, but God loves them just as much as he loves me. And so I should be treating them with the same amount of dignity that I would treat my best friend. Um, but some people, you know, you have to love at a distance, sometimes a 10 foot yeah, I... pole. Um, <laughs> but I, I still love the, the haters will be prayed for because it's a great reminder to myself and to others that 
we are not each other's enemy. Satan is our enemy and he's the one that turns us against each other. Yes. Well, I think that's a good uh, introduction then to why don't we go back to prayer? I'd like to invite you to pray along with me. We have a great audience. Uh, we always invite you, brothers and sisters, leave your prayer intentions. You can do so even now if you haven't done so already. And Amber and I will pray for your many intentions. We have many requests for, for good health, for, for uh, important decisions that need to be made, for financial security. A lot of prayers, you know, Amber, our people are saying, uh, you know, my, um, my children or my grandchildren have strayed away from the practice of the faith. Mm-hmm. I want them to come back. I want them to to, to re- respond, you know, to the call of the Holy Spirit. So that's a, a frequent intention. Uh, people, of course, praying uh, for the unborn, praying for the upcoming election, praying for our nation uh, that will recover the values uh, on which we were founded. So let's pray together for our audience and the many intentions that they are uh, offering for us. What we'll do is I'll I'll say a little prayer. I'll invite you to say a prayer. And then we can uh, t- uh, conclude with the Lord's Prayer uh, as we uh, as we finish our time together. So, Father, we, we come before you thankful uh, for the life that we have, uh, thankful for the faith, thankful for the opportunity to communicate this faith to others. Thank you, Lord, for the tools uh, that we have online and for the various platforms that uh, we utilize to bring people together, to reach those we would have otherwise never met. Uh, and to sincerely uh, propose the truth, uh, to dialogue, to answer people's questions, to to respond to their objections, and indeed to conquer hate with prayer and love. We thank you, Lord, for these opportunities, and we ask you to answer the prayers of all those who are joining us online right now on the many different platforms uh, on which they are watching. Uh, Bring them the graces of which they stand in need, and help them, Lord God, to always keep their eyes and their heart on you as they make this journey through life. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And then do you want me to do my prayer? Please. Okay. Lord, thank you for uh, Father Frank. Thank you for this beautiful day and for everyone who's watching this. I am so full of love and and support of everybody who has helped me on this journey, coming back into the faith, all the prayers that have come out. And I pray for all of those who are straight away currently, all of those who are not currently fighting for abortion, but believe that life is precious and that they gain the courage to seek out um, pro-life organizations and start working with them. Uh, I also pray for all the young people that they hear the calling of God and that they come to him when they are in struggling moments, especially in high school and college. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And friends, uh, uh, let's, uh, as we usually do, concluding this program, let's offer together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So Amber Rose, thanks so much for being with us. This was a great conversation. So good to see you uh, live. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> officially in person. Thank you so yes. much for having me. This was great. Absolutely. And we'll uh, we'll continue sharing your great content on social media. Keep up the good work and we'll thank certainly you. keep each other in prayer. Thank you. God bless. Okay. And friends, thank you for joining our program. Please do connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone, as you can see on the screen. Be connected also with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network and spread the word about this program. We will join you again tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.